Good morning, friends. I want to say welcome to Vernonia Church in our online teaching time. My name is Sam. I'm the pastor here at Vernonia Church, and I'm so glad that you've joined us today as we're going to finish up this series where we're talking about how can I have stronger faith. And we're going to have a bonus teaching here at the end of the series where we're going to talk about purpose and how we can really know uh, and grow strong in faith if we know and understand that God has a special purpose for each of us. And so we're going to dive into the idea of purpose today, and it's going to be a great day. Hey, before we do anything, I want to encourage you, let us know that you're here today. There's a link on uh, whatever format you're listening to here. If you're joining us or watching us, uh, you can click that link to our connection card and let us know that you're here. Uh, let, us, let us know any information that you feel comfortable sharing and, and, and just let us know. If you're a regular attender or member, just put your name, maybe your email address on the connection card. And If you're a guest with us, would you please... Fill out as much information as you feel comfortable sharing, and we would love to reach out to you, be praying for you, and, and be a blessing to you. And it would be a blessing to me just to know that you're here. I also want to encourage you to, to do all this stuff that we do when we, when we like and subscribe and when we uh, hit the sub-notification bell so that we can be alerted to new messages that are coming out. And, and also want to encourage you, be sure to be sharing these messages if there's something that that is said today, that's a blessing to you. Be sure to share it with somebody else. Send a private message, post it to your page, whatever you need to do. And, and if you're watching or joining us on a format where you can, uh, where, where you can rate five stars, be sure to click that five star rating and, and leave, uh, leave comments and, and, uh, and encourage people to check out what we're doing. Help it grow. Help this ministry grow, this outreach grow. And doing that, you're going to be helping in a, in a small way, but in a big way that makes a difference. And so I want to encourage you to do all that stuff that, uh, that we do so that we can watch this ministry grow together. Also want to uh, let you know that that if you're a guest here today, we have a book we would love to give to you. It's a book called Unshakable. It's about how to have unshakable faith when we're going through tough times. It's a book that we give as a gift, a free gift to everyone that joins us, that lets us know they're here for the first time. And we would love to give one of those to you. It's actually a real book, not an e-book. And, uh, and if, you, if you fill out that connection card, you can let us know you want one of those books. Be sure that you give us an address to send it to, and we'll make sure we get one of those books to you. We'd love to give that to you as our free gift. I want to, uh, now I want to just dive in together and let's pray together. We're going to be talking about purpose today, and let's ask God to help us know his purpose for our life. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I pray first off for each one who's here today. God, I pray that you will bless and that you will speak to each one who's joined us online. I pray, Father, for you to minister to hearts. I pray that you will help each one who's joined today to grow stronger in their faith because of what we've been doing throughout this series, and especially because of what we're going to talk about today. 
God, I pray that you will be moving. I pray that you will be active in what we do. I pray that your spirit will go out and and take your word and, and open up hearts and, and just be at work in a special way. I pray that you will have prepared a special word for a special moment for each one who's here today, that they will hear just what you need them to hear. And God, I just pray for your blessing on this time. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said together, amen. Well, like I said, I want to say thank you for joining us. And now let's dive into our teaching where we're going to be talking about the idea of purpose and that God has a purpose for us. And I I love the passage that we come to in Jeremiah 29, verse 11. God has a message for the people that he's speaking to through the prophet Jeremiah. And here's what he says in Jeremiah 29, 11. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. In other words, God has plans for you, plans plans that he has in mind for you. He's not looking to hurt you or harm you or, or create a hard life for you. No, he wants to give you hope and a future. And this message that Jeremiah brings is going to come couched in a good news, bad news situation. I mean, on one side, there's good news. On the other side, there's bad news. And, and in the middle, there's good news. And And Jeremiah was known for bringing bad news and good news and bad news and good news. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. And I came across some kind of, I don't know, some tongue-in-cheek good news, bad news moments uh, where where pastors and churches had good news and bad news. I came across one that says, I got good news that uh, seven people were baptized today in the river. And I've got bad news. Well, you lost two of them to the swift current. Another another pastor received good news and bad news. He says, "Well, the women's group decided to uh, decided to vote whether or not they were going to give you a get well card, and and they decided to do it, and they voted. The vote passed. The good news is the vote passed. The bad news is it only passed thirty to thirty one. <laughs> there were half of them that didn't want you uh, to get well. well. Well, another one was uh, there's good news and bad news. The good news is Mrs. Jones is wild about your sermons. The bad news is, well, Mrs. Jones is also wild about the gong show, Beavis and Butthead, and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So I guess you take it how you will. Another good news, bad news was, well, your women's softball team finally won a game. And the bad news is, well, uh, they beat your men's softball team. Well, good, another good news, bad news was a uh, good news was church attendance rose dramatically in the last three weeks. And the bad news was uh, those three weeks were while you were on vacation. Uh, another one received a good news, bad news says the youth in your church, they, they, they come to your house for a surprise visit. The bad news is it's in the middle of the night and they're armed with toilet paper and shaving cream to decorate your house. <laughs> good, good news bad news. Oh, I I came across another 
a good news, bad news story where the doctor says, well, I have some very bad news for you. And, and the patient said, well, well, you might as well give me the bad news, doctor. And, and, uh, and if you have any good news, give it to me after that. Well, the doctor said, well, here's uh, the lab. They called with your lab results and they said you have 24 hours to live. That's the bad news. And, uh, uh, uh and all I have for you after that is very bad news. Whoa, what's the very bad news? I mean, how could it get any worse than I have 24 hours to live? He said, well, uh, the very bad news is this, that I've been trying to reach you since yesterday. So, so it's, it's very bad news. Well, most of the time, when Jeremiah was preaching, he's known as the weeping prophet. He's known as a, a prophet who brings bad news. In fact, they, they sort of had him, uh, had, they sort of knew he had a reputation for bringing bad news. He was always a, a bad news bringer. And, and I want to talk about this, this passage where Jeremiah says God has plans for people, and it comes after Jeremiah has been delivering all sorts of news. And I want to talk about the kind of news that helps us know God's plan. And sometimes that news, well, it's going to be bad news. Sometimes God has to share with us really bad news in order for us to understand the value of good news. And sometimes his message is there to help us realize how broken we are, how far from his plans we've gone. And we tend to forget our brokenness and our faithlessness. We tend to excuse it, rationalize it, and, and sometimes even defend it. And sometimes we're in a place like that, and God needs to remind us that we're broken, and that in being broken and, and being faithless, we're in a bad place. And, and God has to basically say, I've got some really bad news for you. You see, going to church and spending time in the Bible and, and, and going before God, it's not all just, you know, I want to get patted on the back and told I'm a good boy and, and, and told that everything's hunky-dory. No, sometimes God has to give us a really bad news reality check. And, and that's what Jeremiah is going to be doing almost his entire ministry as he works with Israel. He will tell them that there's an impending, a coming punishment. That in spite of all that God has done for these people of Israel, that they still chose to turn away from God. They still chose to worship idols and, and other gods that were not God, and they still chose to worship Baal. Uh, and, and that was no innocent type of worship. If you know anything about worshiping Baal, it was wicked. It included among things like uh, child and baby sacrifice and, and murder. And, and God said to Jeremiah, these people, they have stopped worshiping me, and they have made this into a place of worship for Baal and other gods that never helped them, their ancestors and their kings. They committed murder, burning their young, innocent children. They have sacrificed. And, and he basically paints a picture for the people of Israel saying, you have strayed so far from God's plans and God's purposes that, that things are not going to go well for you. And so Jeremiah was the bringer of some very bad 
bad news. And sometimes as a pastor, I have to bring bad news. I have to share with you the truth of God, and, and I have to share with myself the truth of God. And sometimes that truth, it, it gives me a wake-up call. Sometimes it says, hey, you've strayed. You've gone the wrong way. You need to turn around. And, and, and his message that Jeremiah, this message that Jeremiah will bring will be a, a turnaround type of message. And sometimes God would have Jeremiah share this message couched in uh, sort of a, a well, weird and, and interesting ways. He was a very visual and a, and a, and a very, uh, very dramatic messenger. One time, God would have Jeremiah uh, take a clay pot that he bought at a pottery shop in town, and, and he would have him climb the gate out in front of everybody, and he had him declare some really bad news. In Jeremiah 19, verses 7 to 13, we see it says, In this place I will ruin the plans of Judah and Jerusalem. I will make them fall by the sword of their enemies and their hands uh, of those who seek their lives. I, I will give their carcasses as food to the birds in the air and the beasts of the earth. I will devastate this city and I will make it an object of scorn. All who pass by will be appalled and scoffed because of all its wounds. I will make them eat the flesh of their sons and daughters and they will eat one another's flesh during the stress of the siege that is imposed on them by the enemies who seek their lives. And then he would have Jeremiah break that jar. He said, then break the jar. Those who go with you are watching and say to them, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I will smash this nation and this city just as the potter's jar is smashed and cannot be repaired. They will bury the dead in Topeth until there is no more room. And so he says, this is what I will do in verse 12. This is what I will do to this place and to those who live here, declares the Lord. I will make this city like Topeth. The houses in Jerusalem and those of the kings of Judah will be defiled like this place. Topeth, all the houses there were burned incense on the roofs to the, all the starry hosts and poured out like drink offerings to other gods. Well, well can you imagine being a a prophet like Jeremiah having to share a message like that with your community and the people that you know and you love and your neighbors and, and how maybe they would start to think of you as a bearer of bad news. And they didn't really even want to hear what he had to say. So God kept using him to say it in more and more spectacular ways. He was telling them judgment was coming. Now the judgment that was coming for them was in the form of the kingdom of Babylon. Babylon was on its way. Way. Babylon was going to come and God was going to use Babylon uh, to, to judge the Judah and the people of uh, Jerusalem. He was going to use it to judge them if they wouldn't turn their hearts and their minds around. And Babylon was on its way. It, it would be better for them if they would surrender to Babylon and, and and on that day, repent. Uh, but they, they didn't do it. Babylon was going to come, overcome Jerusalem. There would be no repentance. And God was going to just use Babylon to bring about 
punishment. And, and this was very bad news. Now, another time, one of the very strangest things that, that, that you ever read about Jeremiah doing was the time where Jeremiah was, was going to deliver a prophecy using a, a pair of skivvies or underwear, if you will. One of the strangest days, he had him prophecy and prophesy in his skivvies. In Jeremiah 13, God instructed the prophet to act out a lesson for the people via uh, a waste cloth is the word that it uses. The word is an ambiguous word, and it could mean a belt or a cloth around the waist or a common type of underwear at the time. Most scholars go for the underwear interpretation, and, and the idea is that this garment was intimate, and the wearer would be intimate with it, and it would require uh, this this to be an undergarment. So sticking with that interpretation, God tells Jeremiah to go out to buy himself a new linen undergarment, and uh, he forbids him to ever let water touch it. In other words, Jeremiah is going to have to wear these things and never wash them. He couldn't wash them. He's just supposed to wear them till they got kind of gnarly. And after wearing it for some time, God tells the prophet he wants him to take it off and hide it in the left of a rock near the Euphrates River. And things didn't end there. Many days, Jeremiah was instructed later to go back to the river to grab those hidden skivvies, and he gets them. And, and once there, the prophet finds that they're in a disgusting state, and he judges them ruined and useless. And God then informs him that the pride of Jerusalem and the pride of Judah will be ruined in the same way as those revolting skivvies. Now, now that's a bad news prophecy. And he says this, For as the girdle cleaves to the loins of a man, so I have caused to cleave unto me the whole house of Israel. Now, this was bad news again. Well, what do the people do when they're hearing the bad news that's coming their way? Well, what they do is they turn to someone who's going to give them better news. They, they turn to fake news or false news news, if you will. Instead of listening to God, they listened to people who would tell them what they wanted to hear. And they turned to false prophets, and the false prophets began to teach and say things like Jeremiah was a false prophet. They began to teach and say things like, don't worry, God's not going to let anything bad happen to you. They told people that God wasn't speaking through Jeremiah, but God was speaking through them, and that they should relax because God would never do something thing that was so bad like this and and they brought a false message to the people and the problem with a false message of hope is that they were giving hope to people who didn't need hope at the time. They needed a reality check and they needed repentance at the time. And so often that's what happens, right? We look for someone who's going to give us hope, give us a pat on the back, tell us everything's okay, even if it's not. And sometimes what we need is someone to lovingly say to us, it's not okay. It's time to turn around. It's time to change things. And so Jeremiah's bad news came 
true. Babylon came. The armies of Babylon marched in and destroyed everything, sent the people of Israel all over the kingdom of Babylon into exile, and, uh, and, and things went bad. And by the time we come to the verse in Jeremiah 29, the people have been carried away to Babylon. They were reaping what they had sown. They were paying for their sins. God promised them that if they had obeyed him and loved him, he would protect them from their enemies. But now he's removed his protection from them, and they were experiencing the power of their enemies. And they were experiencing what you would experience when you've walked away from God's path. And they have been ripped from their homes, transplanted into foreign lands. Many of them were replaying, I bet, the messages and the strange teachings of Jeremiah. I wonder if during that time there were people who thought of him standing on that wall over the city, breaking a jar and making a spectacle. I wonder if there were people at the time thinking of Jeremiah and his skivvies with them old, dirty, nasty things and, and, and teaching a teaching with them. And, and I wonder if they thought about this guy who had a message from God, and they said, I wish I would have listened. And how often have you found yourself in a place where you wished you had listened to wisdom? You wished you had listened to what people were telling you, uh, that it wasn't going to go well. They could see something you couldn't, and, and you made a decision, and you trotted forward, and you, you, you marched forward, even though people were saying, don't go there, don't do that. And you look back, and you say, man, I, I wish I would have listened. And, and maybe you went forward into sin. Maybe you went forward into a path that, that was obviously not the path for your life. Maybe you, you, you hooked up with some friends that were just the wrong kind of friends and they influenced you in the wrong direction. And you look back and you say, I wished I would have listened to the people who cared, the people who were praying, the people who had a message from God. I wish I would have listened. Well, that's sort of where I think the people of Israel and the people of Judah are by the time we find them in Babylon and Jeremiah 29. And what's going to happen is they're, they're going to begin to hear a new message from Jeremiah. They're going to begin to hear a message of reassuring news. You see, Jeremiah, now that he's told them the bad news, now that they've had the reality check, now that maybe they're starting to realize that there was something to be said for what he was preaching and teaching, now he's going to come to them and say, listen, I have some reassuring news for you that if you repent, if you turn around, that, that God will be with you and he will help you through. But he will say to them, in the meantime, you need to get cozy because you've brought on to yourself a new reality, a new hardship, and this isn't going to change anytime soon. Even though one day God is going to bring your, you back to your homeland, I need you to get cozy and to settle in uh, to your new world in Babylon. Uh, you're going to be there for a while. Just get comfortable in this land. Uh, you might as well 
settle in and, and you might as well make new friends, meet your neighbors. You might as well become a part of your community. You might as well uh, buy some property and, and you might as well build a home, get married, have kids and raise a family and roll your sleeves up and start living because this is where you're going to live for now. Now, another piece of the bad news is that the false prophets is still, they're still at work even during this time. Uh, don't be deceived, he says to them. I don't want you to listen to them anymore. You've seen that what they had to say didn't come true, but what Jeremiah had to say did come true. He says, this land is filled with pagan gods and people uh, uh, and the people of God have had their own false prophets. And, and, and now I want you to begin to listen to what God truly has to say. And as we come to the passage we're going to come to today, we're going to see that it was a part of a letter that Jeremiah wrote to the people so that they would hear what God was most concerned with. And they would hear what Jeremiah had on his heart to share with these people about God and his purpose for them. How, how, how like this present world for the Christians, sometimes they're going to feel alone and like they're in a foreign land. And sometimes we are too, right? We're in a foreign land. We're in a, a world that doesn't want to know about Jesus, that doesn't want to hear about Jesus. We're, we're in a world that's somewhat uh, anti-Jesus, right? And, and Christians are mocked and believers are, are put down on media and on movies and TVs. They're always the, the dumb ones and, and they're always in the wrong. And, and you notice something that we are in a foreign land sometimes. We're following Jesus. We're following God. And we are very different. And, and sometimes we're in the middle of a world that, well, a world that's broken, kind of like the people of Israel as they're in Babylon. And, and sometimes maybe the message for us would be similar, that God is still with us and he's still going to be there for us. And there is some reassuring news for us that, that God is there. We might as well, like the people of Israel, settle in. We might as well build families, buy homes, and, and you know have children, and roll up our sleeves, and get to work, serve Serving him in the midst of this broken world, but he's still with us. And while, while we're here, we better make sure that we're not listening to false messages of false prophets. Now, the news is reassuring, but part of the reassuring news is make sure you're listening to the right word. Make sure you're listening to the right gospel. You know, even in the scriptures in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul will teach us that there are false gospels out there. There are people teaching false gospels. And, and he says this about those false gospels. They are really no gospel at all. The gospel word means good news. Uh, that False gospels are not bringing good news at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. And so he says, make sure you're not listening to those messages. Make sure you're listening to a message from God. And, and his message wasn't that, hey, you're all right. Everything's okay. Jeremiah's message was, there's hope if you repent. That's the message. The good news is there's hope if you repent. 
If you repent, you can have hope, especially hope for your children. If you, have, if you repent, if you seek God, if you seek Jesus, you can get back on track with your purpose or, or with his purpose for your life. And in Jeremiah 31, 17, it says this, There is hope, there's hope for your future, declares the Lord and the hope is only in repentance. And so this letter was meant to be a message that brought hope even to people who knew a long time was going to pass till they received all the promises that God had for them. He says to them, I've not forgotten you. I, I, I know my purpose for you and, and I know it full well. My purpose is to restore you, to one day bring you peace, to bring you hope and to bring you a future. And before we really dig much farther into this message, uh, here is what I want to encourage you to hear or, or what I want to encourage you to think about today. That no matter where you are in life, no matter what you're facing, even when it's something that maybe you brought on yourself, even when it's a hardship that maybe you brought by stepping away from God's plan for you, you're still never out of reach for God and his hope. It's always as close as seeking out his, his, his forgiveness and in repentance. You see, God has a plan for you. And let's say yes to his plan and no to any other plan. When we say no, we find ourselves in struggle. When we say no to God's plan, we find ourselves like the people of Israel in a Babylon where there's a struggle and we have unnecessary pain in our life and we have unnecessary struggles that weren't part of the plan for us. But when we seek God and we seek his purposes and we seek his reasons, we can know that he created us, that he loves us, and that he wants to give us peace and hope. And, and when we seek him out, we can find that peace and that hope. In verse 13, he says this, when you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. And remember, he's saying that to people who have rejected him, who find themselves in Babylon now. And, and Jeremiah, everything he said before, the bad news had come true. And he says to them, listen, even in the middle of all this, when you seek me, you will find me. And then he moves into what we might call valuable news. He, he moves into news about the value that, that, that God has for them. He promises that he has these plans. He promises that I know the purpose I have for you, plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And if we look at that verse in Jeremiah 29, 11, there are some things that he says there. He says, first off, I know God here is saying, I realize who you are. I'm aware of your, your situation. I perceive and I take notice of you. I, I know what's going on in your life. And here he's telling you and me, and he's telling them, I know you, I know where you are, I know my plans for you, I made them before you, before you were even born. And we know that God has, uh, has God is the one who knit us together at the very beginning of our story. When we were being formed in our mother's womb, the, the, the Psalms will paint the picture of God knitting, you know, and, and he knits us together in Psalm 139. 16 
It says this, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them ever came to be. God knows everything about us. And just take a minute and let that thought sink in. Take a minute and think about this, that he knows everything about us. He knew every one of our days. He knew everything that was going to happen. He sort of laid it out. He, he knit us together. Just think for a minute about how much he values you. I mean, there are billions of people on this world, on this earth, and there have been billions of people, billions and billions who've lived and died and had kids and families and populated the world and every one of them, God values and knows. And he knows and values you. And he knows your future. And he knows what he's planning for you. And, and he knows everything about you. And he values you. Now, he doesn't value you because of what you've done. This value doesn't come based on your performance. He doesn't value you because of what you've achieved or, or, or any accolades that you might have, you might have uh, gained. And, and he doesn't value you based on your last name or your race or your blood or your family or your country. Or He doesn't value you for any of those things. He values you because he made you. He values you and cares about you and has a purpose and a plan for you, not because of anything you've done, but because he made you. And the value news is news that says you are valued. And if you turn around and repent, you can have hope because the one who values you and made you and created you has a purpose for you. And he wants you to know that purpose and live within that purpose. Well, that brings us to the next kind of news Jeremiah has to share. And he shares news that, that is purposeful news. I mean, it's full of purpose. God has plans for you. And, and he wants to give you plans that give you hope. And uh, make no mistake, he has a plan. He has something that he has has created you to live out, to be, to, to know. And the word here is a word that means to have a thought, to have an intended purpose, to have intent, to have design. He has goals and accomplishments in mind for you. Yeah, he has a reason that he's designed you and created you and, and, and he's made you with a purpose. I mean, you, you see something that's been crafted or made and, and usually you can look at it and you can see that it has intent and purpose behind it. You know, there's an intent and a purpose for this iPad for this TV. There's an intent and purpose for this little clicker thing that, that uh, this Bluetooth clicker, you know, that helps me go through my PowerPoints. There's a purpose for this cup and this coffee. And one of the purposes is that I might drink it. 
I mean, there's a, there's a purpose for everything, and God has a purpose for you. You see, in God's eyes, your identity is not in uh, what you do for work. It's not what you do as a career. Uh, it's whether or not you're living out his purpose for you, what he created you to do and what he created you to be. It's not in your, your identity is not stuck in, in what, what you do for a living. You know, it's not what you own. Your identities and not what you have. It's not what you do for fun or your hobby, even though those are things that we tend to define ourselves by, especially as men. You know, men will will define ourselves. I I'm a fisherman. I'm a hunter. I'm a I'm a iron worker. I'm a I'm a motorcyclist. I'm a you know, and we we define ourselves by these things about ourselves. But the truth is, is that our identity is not. It's not in. It's not in anything but in him and in what he created us to be and, and who he created us to be in. And our purpose is in him, not in those other things. Uh, one time I came across a story about a preacher who was, in a, uh, who, who was in a tattoo parlor. And he was looking at some of the tattoos that were, that were there. And, and, and there was a man who was, who was doing the tattoos. And, and this preacher was sort of just flipping through the different things that, uh, that people were getting tattooed on their body. And he was sort of astonished when he saw that there was a tattoo that you could buy and pay to have put on your body. And it says, born to lose. <laughs> and the preacher was just kind of, uh, I don't know, kind of shocked, kind of appalled that anybody would want to put something like that on their body. And he kind of mentioned it to the tattoo artist and said, why would anybody get that tattoo? And the tattoo artist gave a pretty a pretty wise answer. He said, listen, before I put a tattoo on someone's skin, it's on their mind and in their heart. And what a sad thing to go and get a tattoo that says I'm a born loser. But you're not a born loser. You weren't born to lose. In fact, God says that he created you for a purpose. He has plans to give you hope in a future. And there's no losing there when God wants to give you hope in a future. And we have an identity that's outside of all the things the world will identify as. And our identity is in Jesus Christ. He made you. He formed you. He calls you his own. He gives you purpose. He wants you to seek him out. He, he wants you to say yes to him. And he wants you to know your identity in him as a child of God. And so I just want to give you some thoughts about, uh, about your identity in him and your value in him. And I want to give you some thoughts that kind of give you purpose. And these are the things that should be where you find your identity. Thoughts like this, that Jesus gives me my identity. When he saves me and he bled for me and died for me on the cross, he gave me a new identity as a child of God. He gave me a new identity as someone who's saved. He gave me a new identity. Now I'm not a sinner. I'm a saint. He gave me a new identity and he, he identifies me as forgiven. He identifies me as as 
eternal. He identifies me as someone who receives life everlasting. I mean, we have a new identity in Jesus. And, and not only that, but Jesus fashioned me. You know, he created me. He made me. Uh, he knows how many hairs are on my head, even though there's not that many. He, he knows He knows everything about us. He knit us together in our mother's womb. He made us. And on top of that, he calls us his own. He calls us his. We are his. There's nobody else in this world who has ownership over us. No one else has paid the price to, to be Lord over us. Jesus gave his life to pay the price. Jesus has already paid the most costly of price to purchase me out from sin and out from death and out from my identity being defined in this world. And he purchased me and now he calls me his own. The God of gods, the Lord of lords, the King of kings, the great I am. He calls me his own. Next time anybody tries to identify you as anything else, you just remind yourself that Jesus calls me his. And along with that, he gives me his purpose for my life. He gives me a purpose that goes beyond this world, that goes into eternity, that lasts forever. And, and that purpose outweighs and outgrows and outvalues any purpose that we might find here in this world. And, and on top of that, he tells me that he values me with an incredible value. He values me so much that God was willing to give his own life to purchase and, and, and to show that I have value. That God was willing to die for my sins, to buy me back, to redeem me, to call me his own. He's showed me there's great value to my life. And on top of that, he calls me a child of God. I'm nobody's child but his. He's my father and he's my savior and he's my Lord. And, and I'm a child of the king. I'm a child of God. He, 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 he is the one I find my identity in. He, I'm in his family and, and it doesn't matter what my last name might be. It doesn't matter what the reputation of my family and my town might be. What matters the most is that I'm identified as a child of God, and I am his. I'm his, and that's who I am. Uh, don't tell me about all these other things that define me. I am his, and that's the most, that's the most amazing news, the, the, the most purposeful news, and most valuable news that I need to know. And, and Jeremiah's telling the people of of Israel, the people of Judah, hey, well, you're in Babylon. You're going to need to remember this valuable, purposeful news, this, this reassuring news. And in the midst of that, I also want to share with you some peaceful news, some news that will give you peace. He, he wants what's good for us in this life. Our, our text says in the NIV, if you read it in the NIV or a lot of the modern translations, the text will say that, that God has plans to prosper you. Now, before you go getting excited about how he has a plan for you to be rich, that's not what this 
is is saying here. It's not that God wants you to be rich or is going to give you riches. The Hebrew word here is the word shalom. In fact, and it's, it's loaded with all kinds of meaning and very rarely would it be translated prosper. Most of the time it would be translated with the idea of peace. Peace be with you and may you have peace. Most of the time it's the idea of knowing complete peace and holistic peace and, and shalom embraces all that, that belongs to a good and satisfying life. And God wants to give you a, a good life, a, a satisfying life, a purposeful life. It's a word that will often include things that bring peace, things like completeness and safety and soundness and health and prosperity, unimpaired relationships, relationships that are in harmony. And, and when Jewish people greet one another saying shalom, they're wishing the fullness of God's peace on one another. And here God is saying, I have plans to bring you peace and, and peace comes with my plans. In some cases, worldly wealth might not even be a part of that peace, you know, because sometimes that worldly wealth doesn't lead to peace. In, in every case, having what we need, living holy lives and, and loving God and loving people, well, that will bring a, a wealth of peace and, and the prosperity and riches of heaven are ours to have, which could also bring a, a wealth of peace as we go through a, a world filled with, well, trials and suffering sometimes. And when we seek God and when we seek him and we find him and we're face to face with Christ, we become God's children. We have the inheritance uh, as heirs of Christ. We become co-heirs with Christ. And, and, and I just want you to maybe even say that out loud this morning. Another identity moment. Just say this. If you're in a place where you can do it, just say, I am a co-heir with Christ. I am a Christian. I am a child of God, inheriting heaven and eternal life. Just say those words out loud. Uh, I'm a Christian. I'm a child of God, and I'm inheriting eternal life in heaven. I mean, there's hope and a future there. And, and here this word is meant to bring to mind this, this idea that God wants to give you an optimistic outlook, even in the midst of a place where you've You've walked off God's plan and you find yourself in a Babylon of sorts and you find yourself in a place where maybe you're paying for some of the results of some of your earlier life's choices and yet God has a plan for you, a plan to bring you peace and to bring you a future and to bring you hope and God wants you to know that there's something better, there's something bigger out there and that he's going to bring you to that bigger and better moment and that bigger and better place. Well, when I think of this passage, um, I, I think about how God values us with this incredible value. Now, there's good news and bad news, and sometimes we need to hear the bad news first to get us on track to understanding the good news that God has for us. And God brings this good news to these people and, and he tells them, listen, in the midst of Babylon, I still have plans for you to give you hope and a future. And, and God is saying that to you today as well. God is saying to you, I have plans to bring you hope, to bring you a future. I have plans to bless you. And I want to encourage you this morning to grow stronger in your faith. The good news is that you can and God has plans for you. 
The bad news is sometimes you might have to repent to get there. The bad news, though, is so outweighed by the good news that no matter what kind of goofy bad news comes our way, like we saw last week, that our our struggles and troubles in this world are momentary and small compared to the picture of eternity. And the good news is there's eternity. The good news is you can turn things around. The good news is you can go from wherever you were and know that God is only one step away. One step, one turnaround, one, one, one repentance away. And we can know a new hope and a new future in him. Well, I want to encourage you this morning. If you've never made a decision to say yes to God's plan, maybe as we've gone through and you've joined us, and this is, you know, you've never really joined us for messages before, but this has been a, a series where we've been talking about how to have stronger faith. And, and as you've gone through it, you've kind of said to yourself, well, I've, I've never had faith and I want to have faith. Well, maybe you're here and, and you want to make a first time decision to have faith. And I want to encourage you to do just that. Maybe you find yourself in a Babylon of sorts. You, you find yourself in a place where you are paying for some of your sins. You're paying the price for some of the hardships uh, uh, that you've caused and some of the hardships that you've brought into your own life. And, and I want you to know that God still has a plan for you and, and he has a plan to bring you hope and a future and peace. And he wants you to know it. And in order for you to start that, he's just one step away. One step of belief, one step of repentance, one step of faith away. And he wants you to know that if you have faith in Jesus, you can experience his grace. And if you want to make a decision this morning, if you want to make a decision right now to have faith, I want to encourage you to make that first time decision. By the way, uh, I, I'm going to pray in a little bit. I would love, love to welcome you to pray with me as we're going to ask God to help us uh, to to take steps towards his path for our life and, and and you're taking those first steps to rediscovering his plan for you so that you can have stronger faith and i want to talk to those of you who do have faith and this has been a faith journey for you and and maybe you just needed that reminder that that god has some good news for you maybe this is a reminder to continue to repent to continue to restore your faith and grow in faith and and to continue to look for god's plan and god's purpose in your life i want to encourage you also to make a decision to do just that and I also want to speak to a group of you who are probably a little bit of a smaller group. Not something I do very, uh, very, very often, but there are some of you who maybe have joined us and God has a special calling of your journey, uh, for your journey of faith. And maybe his special calling is that you will follow him not only in faith, not only in saying, God, I want to be on your purpose and plan for my life, but maybe God's purpose and plan for your life is that you would serve him in full-time ministry. I want to encourage you to pray today and ask, God, 
are you calling me to serve you? Whether it's to serve like Jeremiah and creatively share the word of God or, or whether it's uh, calling me to be a pastor or a preacher or a missionary or, or serving somewhere full time to serve you and to honor you and to spread the message that you want spread. You know, there's a, a big deficit right now in this world of, of Christian people who are saying, I'm going to give myself to the work of of Jesus, to the work of the church. And I want to encourage you. God's just put it on my heart to encourage you. If that's God's purpose for you, you need to ask him, is it? You need to, you need to look for confirmation of it. You need to, you need to sort of just open your heart, open your mind, open your open your heart to Jesus and say, Jesus, are you calling me to that? So I've given you several decisions to make today. And and uh, if you're making any of those decisions, I would love to know about them. Again, I want to tell you that there's that connection card you can fill out. And when you fill that out, maybe if you already did it at the beginning, you could fill out another, another one and just say, this is the decision I'm making today. I'll be praying for you and your decision. If you're making a first-time decision, make sure you, you you check that box on the next steps on your connection card. Let us know that you're doing that. We'd love to help you follow through with that. But right now, I just want to pray and invite you to, to pray with me as we tell God we want to be on his purpose and in his plan, and we want to know what, what his peace is for us. And so let's pray together. Father in heaven, we just come before you right now. And God, we know that uh, some of us who are here are making first-time decisions to believe in Jesus. They're, they're turning their hearts and their minds around for the very first time. God, we all come before you, and we ask you to forgive us for sinning against you. We want to ask you to forgive us for the brokenness that we brought into our own stories. Forgive us for walking away from your path and down our own path. And God, we want to pray that you would bring the grace of Jesus into our lives. We invite Jesus to be our Lord and Savior. We invite Jesus to be our guide and our director, to give us this new identity we talked about, one that's so much more valuable than the identities of the world. And God, so we want to embrace that identity. And God, some of us here are in a place where we, we do believe and we want to grow stronger in our faith and we want to know more about your purpose for us. And I pray, God, that you would just help us open our hearts to where you would guide and lead. We truly do want you to be our Lord and we truly do want our identity to be in you. And I pray that you will help us know that identity. And God, I want to pray for those who are here online, the, that you're calling. You're calling to serve you, to make a decision, to give their life, their career, give their everything to following you. I pray that you will help them follow through with that decision. I pray that you will help you will help others make decisions to serve you that uh, th th there would be many who would enter into ministry in different facets using the gifts that you've given them. Pray, God, for the church worldwide. 
you told us that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And, and God, we pray that you would continue to rise up the workers for the next generation. And we pray that you would rise up workers for your church and in your church and around your church. And God, we pray for workers who are going to preach the gospel and preach it truly and preach bad news and good news and preach the full gospel in all the news. And God, I pray that you would, uh, that you would just use this online teaching time to help guide people to you. And it's in Jesus' name we all said together, amen. Well, again, I want to say thank you for joining me as we've been going through this teaching time together. I want to encourage you, if you've been blessed by our online teaching time, that maybe you want to support it, maybe you want to be a part of it, maybe you want to help uh, this online teaching time grow. And I would encourage you that uh, you can give at any time if you want to support it, if you want to be a part of what we're doing. You can go online at www.vernonia.church, and that's our church website, and you can hit the Give tab there, and uh, you could give. You could set up any kind of giving you want. You could give a one-time gift. You could give gifts that that are ongoing. Some people set up giving where they give a dollar every week just to support uh, the online teaching time and the messages that go out weekly. If you haven't ever done that, I'd welcome you to, to be a part of that. Uh, maybe you want to give more than that and you can set up automated giving. Maybe you want to really be a heavy hitter and you you and your giving and, and this has been your church, your online church. And I want to invite you to maybe give in a in a way that reflects what God has blessed you with. A lot of us, we do that by tithing. And the word tithe means to give a tenth. And there are a lot of us that give 10% of our paychecks right back to God. And we give it, we give it to him because he, he says that that's what obedient uh, and, and that generous giving looks like. And so a lot of us give that way. And if you'd like to be a part of Vernonia Church and giving to Vernonia Church, you can always do that at, uh, online at, at, that, at that website at www vernonia.church. You can always also do that by, by texting the word GIVE, that's G-I-V-E, to 503-376-6646. And uh, if, you, if you go to do that, it will bring up our Tithely account, which is our online giving system. And it's secure, it's safe, it's a great way to give, and it will be the same thing as what you would find online. And so that's a, a great way to do it too. Anyways, just want to say there's a lot of ways that you can support Vernonia Church and the ministry that we're doing and the messages that we're sending out. And uh, you can do a lot and go a long ways in supporting this online ministry, helping us reach many people and helping people make decisions and, and spreading the idea that we can have faith and strong faith no matter what's coming, we, what, what's going on in our life, and the idea that we can know God's purpose. And I'm so grateful and thankful to many of you that have found that it's God's purpose for you to support Vernonia Church, to give to Vernonia Church, and, and to make a difference through this ministry. And I just want to say thank you to you. I want to say your giving is making a difference, and thank you for joining me in giving. Uh, I, I just, I, I'm just so grateful that you're a part of our online teaching time. And, and many of you, you're also a part of our in-person worship time. And so, uh, 
uh, I'm grateful for all of you. I want to invite you now to pray with me one last time, and then we'll finish up. But let's pray that God will bless this ministry, that he will use it to reach out to many people with the gospel message. Let's pray for Vernonia Church now together. Father in heaven, we come before you and we want to pray for Vernonia Church. God, I want to pray for the people of Vernonia Church, the people who come in person, the people who join us online. God, I pray that these people would be people who will grow in faith and grow strong in faith, that we would be people who will continually repent, who will continually find your purpose for our life and, and who will walk in, in faith and strong faith as we do it. I also want to pray, Father, that you would help this ministry to reach more people, that you would use this ministry to help people come to know saving faith in Jesus Christ. We pray that you will use this ministry to help bring people new life, help make, help, help make people's family trees better, help make people's hope more substantial, Help make people's identity more powerful in you. God, I do pray that you would bring your forgiveness to our community of Renonia. I pray that you will let your grace grow and spread here. I also pray for all those who are in our online community that, God, you will spread your grace there too and teach your word and use this ministry to make a difference. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said together, amen. Well, I'd like to finish up today by inviting you to join me and declaring it's been a great day, and it has. I've been enjoyed being with you today as we've gone through this teaching on purpose and this whole series where we've talked about greater faith and how to have stronger faith, and I hope that it's been a blessing to you. I invite you to come back next week. We're gonna begin a brand new teaching series. I'm gonna start Christmas early, and we're gonna begin, uh, even before we have Thanksgiving, I'm gonna begin working towards the Christmas story uh, and we're going to work our way into Christmas beginning next week with a with a series where we're going to talk about this Jesus we call Lord and why we call him Lord and so that's going to be good make sure you come back next Sunday but let's finish up today I'm going to count to three and we're going to declare it's been a great day if you're in a place to do that do it with me one two three it's been a great day hey I hope you have a great day and we'll see you next Sunday.